Welcome to my podcast Cool Down with Abhay where I bring in different people from the sports industry to come and engage in conversation with me so that you and I can learn more about the Indian sports ecosystem. Let's get right into it. Hey guys, uh welcome to today's episode of Cool Down with Abhay and I'm super super excited about this episode because my guest today is Ramon Calderon who is the 16th president of Real Madrid and was also a club director at one point. Uh he has been the vice president of UEFA's uh, club competition committee and the director of FIFA World Club Cup committee being an active and prominent participant and collaborator with both UEFA and FIFA. Before we get into the episode I want to give a huge thank you to the Indian Football Portal for making this episode possible. Let's get right into it. All right so first of all Ramon it's a it's a huge pleasure to be able to interview you so thank you so much for uh, being here. Uh I thought we could start right at the beginning. So you used to be a lawyer in pa- Palencia. So how did you make the transition from a lawyer to football? When I was a kid, I say it is normal what I wanted to be is a player, not a director of a president, but um I hadn't skill enough to do that and uh, I became a lawyer as you said. I came to Madrid after being 2 years in London working as a lawyer also and then I started to be involved in the life of the club I became a member and uh, finally I joined the board of directors and finally I was the president from 2006 and 2009 uh, I'm very proud of that it's a, it's a great responsibility as you know because uh, millions around the world are really looking at you looking at what you are doing and uh, they are really happy when we win but they are very very sad when we are losing and uh, in our club to win is an obligation that's a problem because um, uh, you cannot win always but uh, as in other clubs to win is a joy is happiness uh, here is an obligation that's why this club is so successful is very demanding in any sense and uh, that's why in the last 47 years only one coach del bosque has been more than 3 years in in our bench that means how difficult how much pressure has this club even today zidan has announced that he leaves he leaves the club yeah today so that, that in he's been the most successful coach of our history but uh, the criticism is uh, is too high in some cases and he is decided to leave <clears throat> yeah that's true it's one of the greatest clubs in the world um growing up in palencia did you support them as a kid and did you ever imagine that you would actually become the president of real madrid of course not as <laughs> i told you my idea was to be a player yeah. <laughs> and i couldn't i haven't talent and skill for for that and So I that are things in life come little by little you you don't really imagine what you are going to be when you are grown up in any sense and of course in in this case being the president of Real Madrid wasn't in my dreams. Mm. Nice. So after the joining the club in 2006 you played a big part in setting up what was like the second Galacticos and made big signings in Ian Robin, uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy, Schneider, Pepe, Marcelo, Higuain, lots of which went on to define the last decade of Real Madrid's success in Europe. So 
I want to know what was the idea behind such high quality signings, which eventually led to their first title after a four-year drought, if I'm correct, right? This club has always been trying to sign the best players of the world. This is our, uh, our, our idea of what the club must be, of this club must be. We started in 1950s with the Stefano, Copa, Puskas, all those big players. So we needed to be in that way when I became president. And it was a very difficult moment because um, we came from three years without winning any single title. That was the first time in history that happened. So we needed to change many players. I think 12, 14. Uh, Petja Mijatovic, my sporting director, did a fantastic job in signing all those players you've mentioned. And also after that, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And it was really, really a, a, a good time because uh, uh, changing all those players and mainly changing the mentality of the players coming to Real Madrid. We managed to win two La Liga titles in a row uh, in an impressive, uh, perfor impressive performances against uh, a rival like Barcelona with the best players at that moment and at the best moment also. I'm talking about Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, Pujol, all of them. And they were uh, very fit, was uh, the best uh, time for them. And we managed to beat them the second year with, I think, uh, uh, eight points ahead. Eight, sorry, 18 points ahead, one wow. eight. Wow. And uh, winning the title four, uh, four weeks before the end. So it was really um, amazing. I'm very proud of having done that because it wasn't easy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, during, during your time at Real Madrid, uh, I think you were uh, the one behind Real Madrid's social responsibility programs. So I wanted to know, was there a reason that you, want, you had extra work in this field? Um, we, Real Madrid as a big club, need to give back to society, what society has given us. And uh, when I'm talking about um, my time with Real Madrid in in conferences and about what it means for many people, what um, it meant for me when I was there. I always show at the end pictures from my time with the, with the cups, with the trophies, and pictures with the kids of many, many academies, schools. I opened uh, around the world and when I visited them with the people, uh, kids surrounding me, hugging me, I, yeah, I given I'm giving them shirts signed by the players and peace and so on. And to see the smile of those kids is something very rewarding. For me, it was uh, much better than any, any trophy uh, I, the, the, the club won when I was the president. And, I, and we did that not uh, looking for talent, but trying to help poor, poor kids and poor areas or poor countries and that, that's, as I said, is very, very rewarding. Uh, to, to see the smile of a kid has no value. That's perhaps it's the most important thing that you can see in life. And that's why I tried to open as many schools as I could and also to visit them very often and to talk to the kids, giving them uh, gifts, uh, mainly pictures and shirts from the players signed by them and uh, pins and well, all those things that, uh, of course, uh, 
balls, everything that kids really like to have, all with the crest of Real Madrid. And as I said, for me, what the most important thing and I'm, I'm, is what I have in my heart when I've left uh, the club. Nice, nice. So you touched on uh, what I like about this. It actually shows how um, football clubs, especially the big football clubs, can impact society in such a positive way. And in a way, it's their responsibility to do so. Don't you think so? Of course, of course, no doubt. Uh, a club, a big club, and Real Madrid is the, the biggest. Uh, we were awarded the title of the best club of the 20th century which means to be the best club of the uh, football history. Yes. And um, we need, we do that. We need to be close to the people, trying to, uh, to, to make them feel that we, we really like uh, the, the fans, that we know that uh, we are what we are just because of them. And mainly the kids, as I said, that they, the dream they have when you see their faces, the joy, the happiness, the smile when they see those uh, players coming to. Used to do that at Christmas time. I went with the Spain in different parts of the world, and when they saw those uh, uh, those players and myself giving them those uh, gifts, they were um, uh, the, the the faces. Their faces changed completely, and that's something that you cannot pay with money. That's, uh, for me, is the most uh, important thing in life. And I said, uh, for me, it was the most rewarding part of my time with Real Madrid. Absolutely, that's beautiful. So, uh, I just mentioned earlier how you broke thousands and thousands of uh, Manchester United fans' hearts, including myself. Uh, when you had orchestrated the Cristiano Ronaldo deal uh, with a transfer fee of around 94 million from United to the Los Blancos. At the time, it was one of the biggest signings in world football. So uh, I, was, I was wondering if you can give us a sort of backstory of that transfer. I've seen many times Alex Ferguson uh, speaking about how Madrid was trying for a long time before they actually got Ronaldo. So I was wondering if you can share the other side of the story. It was very difficult, as you can imagine. Uh, at that time, Ronaldo, along Messi, was the best player of the world. Uh, United didn't want to let him go. And, um, and I managed to do that after two years, talking to the directors of United, because the player wanted to come. That was the main part of the, of the story. Uh, when a, a player like him wants to leave a club, you have to accept that. And then um, the, the point is to negotiate with the club that uh, he wants to go. Uh, I had the, in, in, on the opposite way, I had the experience with Robinho. He came to my office one day and said, I know you've signed Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm not going to be the star of this team. So I want to leave. And, uh, and, and that's, uh, at that moment, I, I thought it was the best thing to do. I talked to Man City at that time is where the club, the club uh, who wanted to sign Rovinho, and we did that. And with Ronaldo, it was the same. After a few uh, weeks and months of negotiation, finally I agreed to pay eight million pounds. At the time, it was 94 million euros. It seemed to be a huge amount of money, but at the end, it was the cheapest 
signing of Real Madrid. Uh, we managed to win with him four Champions Leagues, um, two La Liga, three titles, I don't remember. And he helped a lot, a lot of uh, yes, increasing our reputation around the world. Uh, it was amazing to have him with us, but as you said, not, not easy at all. But uh, finally we got it and uh, he was going to come one year before. And, uh, but I remember being in Bogota with, with the club where we uh, played the friendly match and he called me, he phoned me saying, Mr. President, I'm sorry, I cannot go this year as I promised you because uh, I had a um, special gratitude to United fans, to the club, to Ferguson, who is like a father for me. So I promised them to be one more year, then I'll, I'll go with you as I promised and we will sign the, the contract in December 2008, as we did. And uh, um, an anecdote is that Ferguson doesn't like very much Real Madrid. He saw us <coughs> as the, the main rivals to be the, the leaders in, this, in the world. And uh, he said, okay, he, he told Cristiano, okay, you're leaving. I accept that. I have to accept that. I cannot say no, but um, let me talk to Barcelona. And he offered uh, the player to Barcelona, but the, the, the player said, no, I, I had a commitment with Mr. Calderon, with, with Real Madrid. I'm going to Real Madrid, uh, no doubt. I'm, uh, even the Barcelona is offering me a bit more money. I, I'm not going to Barcelona. I want to join Real Madrid. I, I think it's my opportunity. And uh, for sure, for him and for Real Madrid, it was a, a very good signing. He got a lot of personal rewards, Ballon d'Or, Champions League, as I said. And uh, the players like Cristiano uh, give a lot to the club. But all with Real Madrid uh, give much more to the players. Our history, our reputation, uh, it gives a lot to the players. And it was the case for, for Cristiano Ronaldo too. Right. It ended up being one of the most successful transfers in the world, leading to so many titles, individual and team. Uh, I was wondering, well, when, when you heard about the move to Juventus, how did you feel about that? Did you think it was too early or it was the right decision? I think it was, it was a very big mistake for the current president uh, uh, to do that. I think it was something um, that uh, we are still just uh, regretting. We are still missing him. He scored 50 goals or more per season. That's impossible to replace. There's no replacement for a player like him. But it also it was also a mistake, I think, for the player uh, to, to leave because, uh, well, he's uh, noticing that uh, with Juventus, uh, a very, very important club in the world, no doubt, a huge club. But uh, we have something more. Uh, our history has given us a lot of reputation, good reputation and prestige around the world. And that's why we've won 13 La Liga uh, Champions League. Now that's, that's really amazing. It's, I don't know how long will, uh, will pass until anyone is going to get that many titles. And I think uh, for both parties, it was a mistake. Absolutely. So uh, let's move on to something recent. Around one month ago, the top clubs of Europe 
attempted to make a breakaway league from the traditional football pyramid that exists in the European Super League. So I was wondering, what are your thoughts about uh, the European Super League? And is it something that you would have supported if you were at Real Madrid? It's clear that it's been a, a terrible mistake in, in many senses. In the way they introduced that to the, to the people at midnight with a simple um, notice in uh, news in the website of the club saying that they were creating a new competition. And also the moment. Um, I think in this time with many clubs are suffering, economically speaking, because of the pandemic, uh, you need solidarity and unity, not just doing the opposite as they try to do. And also it's clear that it wasn't mature at all because in 48 hours, uh, 48 hours it was finished. So that means that uh, they didn't know really what they are going to do. And uh, you cannot uh, uh, introduce a project that in theory is going to change the world of football and doing that at midnight and then going to like Paris did to a program uh, midnight in Spain called El Chiringuito, it's the, the, the beach bar. You, you, <laughs> you may understand the, the content of that um, program. And uh, on top of that, not saying anything. Even now, today, we don't know what that project was about. Uh, if it is, in fact, in something that is going to change the football world, you need to do that in a public event with that project with a, a program of the competition with the money they were going to give to the other clubs because they said that they were going to help many clubs but they didn't say they, they haven't said yet in which way and, and what was the kind of the competition I think it was a big mistake non nationally funds have, um, um, have uh, taken down that, that project because uh, mainly in England, fans have very clear the idea of meritocracy, that you, in sport as in life, you have to get what you deserve, not take for granted anything. And that's what they tried to do, trying to, to create an um, uh, elite club with 12 clubs that getting all the money from football clubs, but saying to the rest of the club, yes, you keep with the academies, keep, keep spending money because you are going to give us still many players, but, uh, but be careful. You are not going to be with us. If you are among the four top uh, in La Liga, you are not going to play the Champions League because you, do, you don't deserve that. So really, just yes, the opposite of what football means in life. And I think it's been uh, very, we have been very lucky that that doesn't happen. Um, and I think uh, UEFA did things in the right way. I hope they are, they are not going to punish us. Um, I wouldn't like that, of course, but it's true that UEFA did what they have to do, uh, just uh, being against that. FIFA at the beginning was a bit uh, mild, weak, not saying exactly that they were opposing the project, but finally they did. I think Fantino, I know him well, uh, thought it wasn't uh, a good idea. Then uh, now we are, still where we were and I think uh, for football is the best uh, thing to happen. You mentioned the fans in England and how uh, they, they played such a huge part in ensuring that their clubs don't take part in this league. What, what, what do you think 
sets them aside and how like how how come the fans in Spain and Italy haven't reacted in the same manner? We didn't. Uh, I think it was a pity <coughs> that we hadn't the same um, opposition here. Maybe because um, uh, the media hasn't been analyzing properly the project. They they were criticizing uh, in any sense this project, which has many many opportunities to be criticized, and uh, and that fans didn't realize <coughs> really what's going what was um, going on with this project. They thought that having mainly in Madrid, they thought that it was the way to have Mbappe and Holland and all those big players here. But they didn't analyze properly the project. And mainly with Real Madrid, I think we, our, our president was um, uh, very, not, not taking into account that this club belongs to the members. We are 93,000 members. We are not a company. We are a non-profit association. And all the presidents uh, say, we always say that uh, this is a club that uh, belongs to the members. And in this case, members, we members didn't know anything about the project. And we haven't asked, we haven't been asked about if we liked it or not. I think uh, it was really uh, very, very, very bad, uh, the idea of doing that in the way they did. And it's a pity, as you said, that in England, English fans, uh, showed that uh, they really uh, they really know what is the meritocracy and what that means and uh, and take into account also that uh, the fans who were demonstrating against uh, this project were precisely the fans of the clubs who were benefited by by this uh, this project they were man united man city arsenal liverpool all those clubs were going to be in this competition so that's as it's more relevant Absolutely. So I think there are three clubs still uh, left who haven't backed out of the league. What do you What do you think was going to happen to them? Uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus. I, I've I've read that uh, UEFA has um, opened a, a file. Has started a, a file uh, about what um, what that meant for if they broke the rules in which way and which can be the sanctions. Uh, I hope. As I said, that we are not going to be sanctioned. I think it was a mistake of the president, but uh, the, the club um, has not to pay for that. It's not the, the, the club to be blamed for what the president has done in a wrong way. And uh, that's as, as I said, I hope we are going to be able to play the Champions League. As always, we are not going to have a transfer embargo. That is, can be another possibility of, of being uh, obliged to pay a fine. I hope not. And, uh, and then finally, we can be in those competitions as always, in the domestic competitions too. I don't know uh, what Barcelona and Juventus uh, think, but in my case, as a member of Real Madrid and very close to this club, I think uh, uh, we need to, to leave the competition. But the president is, is very is insisting in that, very stubborn about that <coughs> we, we have to be there. And, and he says, I don't know if he's like the naked emperor, that he still says that uh, this project is alive, even though the JP mean that uh, they apologize about the being supporting this project. But as I said, the president is living another world, saying that uh, this is still alive, that nothing happened, and they are going to go on with the project. 
Absolutely. Uh, so I hope I, I hope uh, that issue gets resolved uh, as soon as possible. So uh, during your time at Real Madrid, you signed a vast majority of play of the best players from around the world. So which has uh, personally been your best or your most proudest signing, and how and why? Well, uh, many of them. But if you talk about the results and and the, what they gave to Real Madrid, I think Cristiano for sure is the one who brought us more titles, more uh, trophies, more victories, and, um, and better results. Uh, but I'm very proud of many, many of the, all of them, in fact. But I have to remember Calavaro, Van Nistelrooy, really examples of, of players. Also the ones I had, Raul, Guti, Iker Casillas, Pepe, Higuain, Robin, Marcelo, so many of them. Uh, I still have a relation, good relationship with most of them. I talk to them. Sometimes uh, it's nice to remember what we lived, mainly that the first uh, La Liga title, where when two minutes uh, to the end, we were losing 0-1. We needed to, to win that match, and finally we, we managed to win for 3-1. And, um, and just before scoring the goals, Van Nistelrooy and Beckham were injured. And, um, and I thought we... We cannot now score goals. We are going to lose this title. It's a, it's a pity. But finally, Reyes, the, the player who died, unfortunately, a few months ago, scored two goals. And Diarra scored the other goal. And, and we, we finished winning that title. So to remember with them all those moments is very nice uh, to know how they are doing in their lives, uh, their kids. So we, we had a very good relationship. And that's something very, very nice for a president to, to be friend in some way, because you cannot, um, you are not playing on the field, but we are on a different level. But my obligation as president was to explain them for, for what they should mean for them and what they mean for a lot of fans around the world. And they, I think they liked it. They, they like it to know that coming to Real Madrid, I always told them, is uh, the beginning of your career. You don't think that you, when you come here, everything is done. Uh, the talent and the skill doesn't win anything. It doesn't come with uh, uh, endeavor, with hard work, training hard, being focused only on what you are doing on the field. That was a very important message for them. As in life, uh, there are many, many, we, we, I'm sure you, like me, we know many people, very talented, very skillful, that are just, uh, a very bad uh, results in life because they thought it was enough. Being smart, being, being, uh, having talent is not enough in life. You need much more. In sport, in football, is not different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you spoke about how you have a great relationship with most of the players that you have signed. Uh, could you explain how you've maintained that relationship since like regularly presidents don't usually have heart-to-heart -heart conversations with players. So what was it like for you, your relationship with the players? I thought it was, as I said, uh, needed to do that when they came to a big club like Real Madrid. Most of them come from very, very important clubs, but Real Madrid is something different. I always repeat this because it's true. Uh, this is a very demanding club. And, and that, why? Mainly because the fans that are, are following Real Madrid are fans linked in, to the success, not really being linked for a regional or local 
um, relationship with the club because 75% of the people who live in Madrid, including myself, weren't born in Madrid. So that means that we are really, uh, we, we like this club since we were kids, like I, it happened to me in Palencia, in a very small city in the center of Spain, that I was really enthralled with, with, the, with this club, with the excellence, with the way they play, with the way they did things. And so it was important to talk to them, to, to that, to the players. And this is what I did. I tried to be a friend in the sense of ex explaining them what they are going to, uh, to find um, in, in Madrid and in our club. And that's why I, I did it. Oh, I've always wondered, uh, Real Madrid, um, their philosophy in the, uh, for players has always been that sort of uh, galactico mentality, right? Where you always have to go buy the best players in the world. So, um, what is the mindset towards the youth at the club and uh, how important is it? The yes. youth players? Yes. Well, of course, very important. In fact, now that's the time to, to rely on them. We are going to be in trouble to sign, again, big players because of the pandemic. It has hit us very hard, but um, in a, in a more important way than to other clubs that are companies that can increase the capital. We don't have capital, share capital. So we need to rely on our own resources. And on top of that, we are involved in a very huge investment in the new stadium. So that means that we cannot really have um, too much money to sign big players if we don't sell some of uh, the ones we have already. So. Is the moment to rely on, on young players. There are some of them that have come up in the last uh, matches. Uh, just doing quite well, performing quite well. We uh, we uh, we trust. That we have to trust them. It's not easy for the coaches to do that because I said before, people is very demanding. People who attend Bernabeu Stadium are very demanding. They don't like to see players that uh, are learning. They want to players that come already being uh, being stars and they know how to how to win titles and matches and being in difficult moments. But I think uh, we have to do that. Uh, it's obliged. Uh, the, we, we've been very good experienced, uh, uh, having very good experience with other players like Raul, Iker Casillas, Oguti. They came from the young, young teams. And for sure, um, many others must come. And that's uh, what we have to do now, to rely on them. That's great. So it's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you and thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, I'll hand it over to Arches now. Arches, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, Ramon, thank you for your valuable time. I'm sure the Indian football portal viewers will enjoy watching this interview. And the Indian football portal will also like to thank Avaira for conducting this amazing interview. Thanks a lot, Avaira. Well, it's, by me. it's been a pleasure. We've been a long time trying to have this conversation. It wasn't easy, but fortunately we managed to do that. So I, I've been very, very glad talking to you. Real Madrid is my passion. The opportunity to talk about that, what we do, what we do, how we do it, is always a, a great opportunity to do that for a, a country like India. Well, that's uh, really amazing. You have so many people living there that we need to. We have more fans even once we already have. That's true, that's true.